Remember the fun of getting a toy in your kid's meal from any fast food joint, really? Yes? Question mark, but yes. So I was thinking about last night, and I realized that those were basically loot boxes. <laughs> I, I, I was not prepared for this, and uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I can live the rest of my life with this knowledge. I just remember the frustration of always getting the same toy over and over again. And looking back, I I have to wonder how much McDonald's I was getting, because it feels like it was like at least once a week, and I would still <laughs> get like dupes. <laughs> Enough to warrant getting the same toy multiple times. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. and then you yeah like all right, well, what am I supposed to do with this now? This is like the evil version, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe I got uh, who's the. Grimace. Grimace is the big purple blob, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I got Grimace uh, for the tenth time in a row. There's just a small <laughs> pile of Grimaces behind you, staring directly at you. Yeah, Grimace would be the. Uh, he'd have like the green outline in terms of rarity. <laughs> He's a common oh drop. But yeah, <sighs> what, was, what was the algorithm there? Because I feel like I would get the same toy so many times. So I always wondered: is it like? They, like, cycle them out, like, each week, so this week they'd have new toys, or did they just did they just artificially inflate the number of specific <laughs> toys so that, like, there were rare ones that would make you want to keep coming back? Like, what's the deal? I, I, my assumption, my assumption, I can say, is that they would just randomly maybe pick a toy and put it in, but you would... You would generate or generate. You would make like an even amount of each toy. I would assume, but mm -hmm. uh, but that that well, you make. I would assume you make an even amount of each toy. But then again, do they distribute an even amount of each toy? Is also right. The thing. Like, do different locations have different, you know, combinations of <laughs> of, plot of the, the toy depository? Uh. And, and then you think back to like. <laughs> So, like, I feel like, you know, six to eight was usually the number of toys in any given set. Although, now when I, like, go into McDonald's, although not recently, of course, but I feel like you see, like, four or six. Like, they've definitely gone down. But um, do you remember when they'd have, like, crazy sets? Like, I remember that when Star Wars Episode Three came out, they had a set of, like, 30 damn toys at McDonald's. Really? <laughs> you had to buy, at minimum, 30 uh, Mighty Kids Meals to get the whole set, <laughs> which really means, like, 200. It was insane. I can't believe it's all been, it's all been a front. We've been duped <laughs> this entire time. And it worked, because, damn it, I, I wanted to complete that giant Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only set I ever, well, as a child, the only set I ever completed was the Bakuman Burger King set, because there's only four of them. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I didn't even like Bakuman. Or no, not Bakuman. Yep. Uh, Beyblade. Yeah. Which is basically the same thing. 
Yeah, exactly, yeah. Welcome, everyone, to episode nine of Kingdom Hearts by Hearts, where we talk about Kingdom Hearts and uh, fast food exploitative business practices. <laughs> I'm your host, Kevin, uh, joined by Marshall. And today, hi. hi. We will be discussing Monstro. But before that, if this is your first time listening, we'd like to mosey on over to the game corner before the discussion proper to catch up on any games we played recently. Loyal listeners will know I've pretty much exclusively been playing a little game called Dicey Dungeons since we started, really, but. I yeah. I finished it last week. Well, I finished it the week before we recorded last episode, and then this past mm-hmm. week, I I cleaned up all the achievements and stuff. So I've essentially one hundred percented it, hey. except except <laughs> there's this rare enemy spawn. His name is Cornelius. He's like this dark, shadowy figure, and he's kind of like mm-hmm. an ultra enemy where he'll just do this like crazy attack if you don't defeat him soon enough. Um, oh. And he'll just spawn randomly, and I haven't met him. <laughs> I've literally done everything else in the game. I've played over 60 hours, but somehow I haven't run into Jeez. this goon. I even uh, have yeah. his enemy like character card because that's what the achievements give you. Like I have his, his like bio, but I've never actually met him in person. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, so it's it's a random percentage for him to like show up. Yeah, I guess. I tried looking into it to see if there's any, you know, anyone mm. else who's struggling with this, but I re- I didn't see anything, but I'm debating trying to grind for him, <laughs> but eh, I I think I'll let this sleeping dog lie. If it's like a really low percentage chance, then I think it's completely up to the person cuz I got uh I mean, I'll talk about it when I talk about my portion of Game Corner, but it, it gives me a, a flashback to a, a certain part of a certain game I'm playing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I figured there'd be some, some parallels between your journey. So, <sighs> yeah. I've closed this chapter. It's an excellent game. Highly recommend it. But when one door closes, another door opens. <gasps> Real quick, between uh, the game I'm about to talk about and Dice Dungeons... I picked up this game called Ghost of a Tale, which is a little indie game that I've had my eyes on for seriously like five years or more at this point. (laughs) So it's like a little fantasy game where you play as an adorable little mouse. You get to put him in little outfits and stuff. And it's like a stealth game. You like start off in a prison cell and then you have to work your way through the like fortress around it. And it's like all oh. exploring and stuff. So like sounds cool in theory, right? I finally picked it up because I saw it was like 60 percent off on PSN. So like mm-hmm. I've heard that it's kind of hit or miss, so I'd never wanted to pay full price for it, but I finally gotcha. found a good deal for it. So like, okay, I'll I'll pull the trigger. Okay, it looks it looked really cute, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. That mouse is like it's like realistic, but it's so endearing because it's little animations and yeah, it's not a... He doesn't have the... the uh, I was about to say Hidden Valley effect. I know that's uh, un- incorrect. Uncanny Valley. <laughs> yeah, Hidden Valley's a, is a ranch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's realistic to the point where you realize, oh, it's a mouse and it has more... It doesn't have very exaggerated features, yep. but animated. And uh, I would say animated and done to the point where it's not trying to be a super, super realistic mouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, so the art style is like really charming. Comparisons to the the book series Redwall are abound. I've never read it personally, but I know that's a thing. So I'm sure that's what drew a lot of people in. But yeah, now that I've played it, I, I get why I was so reticent to purchase it. Because it's kind of boring. <laughs> so it's just a stealth game. But like, okay, actually stealth. Like you don't even have any sort of attack option. Oh, okay. Which is, you know, fine in theory, but... You, the stealth is basically just find a chest to hide in and then wait for the rat guards to pass you. Or you can, like, throw bottles at them to knock them out, but they don't stay down for very long, so you just feel very helpless. Which, again, okay. is fine, but there's not much else in the, like, main gameplay to, like, make me want to keep pushing through that. Because it's, bas- it's basically just fetch quest after fetch quest from... Just the hour I played already. <laughs> okay. So it's just run here, get this, run here, return that, and hide a lot because you'll die really easily if you get caught, and it's very tedious. And it's it's a shame because it was made by one person. It's one of those indie games, which is like, damn, oh. how did you do this? For one person? Yeah, this looks yeah. extensive. Yeah, hmm. like, if it had a full team, like, this could have been something really good. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely rough around the edges. I think I'm going to pass on it, which is, again, a shame, because one of the first quests you get is to assimilate a little pirate costume for your mouse. Oh. <laughs> which is just adorable. And then when I, like, escaped the the jail area, you, like, get out in this field, and one of the first items I found was um a pumpkin helmet of, like, a jack-o'-lantern that you can just put on. <laughs> They really, they know you to a T. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, everything's there for me to love it. But it's just, yeah, it's just boring. It doesn't really hold your hand. So it's just kind of a lot of aimless wandering. And that in combination with just having to avoid enemies, again, makes it very slow paced. And Okay. Yeah, where I'm, where I'm at, I'm not really looking for that type of game right now. So it's a no for me. But I'm glad I finally got to try it i I always say it's never too bad to like i've never i'll try anything once that's my opinion on a lot of things in life mm-hmm. but i especially feel like when it comes to entertainment when it comes to books films video games etc i'm never against watching or consuming something bad because i'm learning how this thing is failing what it could do to improve and what potential flaws you can look at when you watch other movies or watch other shows that's that's the way i look at it Uh, very wise of you before i get into my next game i'll i'll let you take the stage still playing monster hunter world (gasps) shock and awe (laughs) i spent a little time still trying to beat the super duper end game super boss Uh, i've made Mm -hmm. a lot of progress in terms of how his mechanics function so i haven't got any super successful runs against him but I feel like I've learned a lot more about how the monster functions. You gotta be the monster. <laughs> yes, we we are we truly are the real monsters the entire time. So, and to to bring it back to your uh, random chance at finding Cornelius. Yep. In, at least in base game, and I think they added it when Monster Hunter War, when Iceborne added a new region. So you can go on hunts to hunt a specific thing. You can also just go out into the, I'll call them the wild areas, but, you know, the areas. You can just kind of goof around 
with no objective and do what you want to do because you literally can't explore. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of cool, small, endemic life that, you know, stuff you don't hunt, basically. But, like, uh, I forget the name of them, but in the Iceborne region, in Horfrost Reach, there's these little monkeys who are always hanging out in the hot spring and they, like, curl up with little balls and, like, they're Aww. adorable. But yeah, you know, you can explore the world and... If Grandpa's research, I think she is endemic life, and then then there's a master fisherman, and Mm -hmm. I ended up trying to finish those quests, but the very, very final version, at least when it comes to endemic life and fishing, are a hunt, not 100%, because that's entirely wrong, but they are like a sliver of a chance for a super rare thing to show up, Uh, but that's the last quest, Like, like, it's like, catch the legendary fish! But it only appears here, and like it's a two percent chance to show up. Oh god, that reminds me of um, Red Dead Redemption 2's like side quests to get like the legendary uh, hunter or just like the legendary everything outfit, basically, <laughs> where okay. like you get it by finishing all the other side quests. And I got really into it, but then like as you like kind of look into it, the requirements just get more and more ridiculous. Like. One of them is, like, there are a bunch of gambling minigames, but, like, oh one of them was, like, I think it was, like, win blackjack with just, like, three cards or, or something like that where, like, just the probability was so low. And that was only, like, the seventh challenge out of ten, so I was, like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. So it's been a, a very particular grind. Speaking of grind... I finally done it. I've picked up the big boy. I've started the Final Fantasy VII remake. You'll be pleased Woo! to know. I'm only three hours in, so I don't have too much to say, but I, I do have a few passing thoughts. Okay. Um. First of all, I I hate that it's just called Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> it just feels like. Kind of like you're saying the quiet part out loud to me. That's a very much work in progress title. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like they could have come up with a snappier subtitle like Final Fantasy VII Retrograde. I mean, basically, yeah. Like, you know how Metal Gear Solid uh, Twin Snakes on GameCube, like, that's the remake, but it's called something yeah. different so that you could call it that as a shorthand. So mm-hmm. that's just my. My title enthusiast coming out, though. Yeah, I'm trying to think if it... Fa- no, yeah, Remake doesn't fall into the... I guess Remake technically does fall into the... I forget what the name... It's just a compilation of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where... So, like, God. Very, very, very quickly, because I don't want to delve into this too much. But when they did the compilation of Final Fantasy VII, we got AC, which was Advent Children... BC, mm-hmm. which was before Crisis, which was a mobile game and only in Japan. CC was Crisis Core. DC was Dirge of Cerberus. We're now getting EC, which is Ever Crisis, the Battle Royale. And i7 remake fits on there somewhere, but I have no clue. But a lot of them had like the AC, BC, CC, Yeah, DC I was going to say, are they specifically names. going for like an alphabet thing there? That's yeah. Interesting. I, don't, I forget the reasoning, or if there is any actual reasoning, A-C-B-C-B-C. but I know that was the naming scheme for huh. a lot of things. But see, like, I appreciate that. Like, there was thought behind it. Like, I know people, mm-hmm. you know, like to 
poop on Square for their crazy names, but I, I think they're fun. Whereas so, Seven uh, Remake is the opposite of crazy names. Exactly. Yeah, like it's definitely like like a marketing decision rather than a creative mm-hmm. one. But yeah. Like, uh, but whatever. That's like the most insignificant thing compared to the game itself, which. Yeah, so far I like it. So I finished the big exciting opening. So now gotcha. Chief and I are just going around punching rats. Hey, can I get those were rats, man? So I'm definitely weary of how I assume the next few hours are going to be. I feel like it's going to be really slow. So I'm like, eh. <laughs> I will say yes and no at the same time. This it's weird. I mean, obviously, to you've played you played last year. Did you play Original Seven? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it was about a year ago. I would say. I mean, it is the first eight to ten hours of the OG kind of stretched out. So some fair mm-hmm. some areas do feel really thin. Yeah, it's interesting to kind of look at like what is and isn't in there slash what they chose to adapt. So like, yep. for example, like. Using, like, the main theme, or I guess the overworld theme. In the original, that's, like, a really seminal moment of, like, escaping Midgar, and then you have the open world map, and that's when the title song finally kicks in. But here, yep. you just get it, like... I think the first time you hear it is you after you get off the train coming back from, you know, the Shinra plant and everything. And it's mm-hmm. just kind of, like, underwhelming, because it's just like, okay, nothing's really happening here. But, like, obviously, you got to have it somewhere in the remake, right? So... Yep, because literally where it cuts in in the original game doesn't exist in remake. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, yeah, it's interesting, like, how they had to, like, kind of afford some things. The other thing that kind of stands out to me is just the art direction is very scattershots, mostly in the character models, where, like, if you stand next to any NPC really is Cloud, it's just... It's like day and night. <laughs> like... Yeah, like, these characters clearly do not belong in the same universe. How does <laughs> 16 million polygons, the NPCs, maybe two. <laughs> yeah, and they're just wearing, like, you know, business casual. <laughs> so that's kind of weird. Oh, yeah, now, now, I, yeah. now I see where you're going with the thing, yeah. Yeah, like, definitely the graphic fidelity, but just, like, the fashion choices is, like, eh, very incongruous <laughs> yeah and I, i'm trying to think of like is it only in because you're in the seven sector seven slums right now I'm like does that i'm thinking like in yeah. my head like does that change anywhere i think it kind of changes when you go to sector sector six but not okay. drastically it's not enough to make you go "Ooh, this was worth it or "Ooh, this looks a little bit better um yeah okay <laughs> yeah it's very much how i felt about the npcs in final fantasy 15 where they just look like generic, like, Unity, like, stock characters, basically. Very much took you out of the moment. It's it's not nearly as bad in here. Yeah, but, but still, we, I, yeah. <laughs> I have to wonder if it's just, is this kind of a symptom of modern Final Fantasy because they're so big now and the production value is so high where, like, you can't possibly make this many NPCs and, like, the same style as the main cast. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, there are certain there are certain important NPCs that get get similar love to the main cast, but not. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, there's uh, a few that I can think of, but yeah, most people do wear kind of generic. I'm an NPC character clothes, which. <laughs> 
Yeah. Go to NPC Mart. <laughs> yeah, pick, pick out your plain white shirts and your black aprons over here. Yeah. Although I do notice a lot of the shirts are like really low cut for the male characters, which I mean, I'm not complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, there's like this one item shop and it's like basically a eunuch, <laughs> which I've never seen. <laughs> Oh my god. Is it the like, Is it the I, guy like in the tunnel? Yeah, and he has like an apron and yeah, he yeah, like yeah. keeps trying to tell me like, oh man, I'm gonna get such great stock, like check it out. And he just has like one potion and I'm like, yep. okay. <laughs> Sounds like maybe potion and ether and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be rolling in business. Just you wait, kid. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of sticking out to me, but um so far, the one thing that I do really like about the art direction is I love how your weapons actually reflect the material you have equipped into them. Like, uh, I love it when games have like Chef's touches like kiss. that. I really, yeah. I really appreciate that. Definitely going to see how far I'll get into it. I'm sure I'll have a lot more to say next week, but <laughs> I'm enjoying it. So, okay. yeah. All right. I think that about wraps up for Game Corner. So... Before we head into the world proper, let's let's set a little context here. You know, like, what are we comparing this world to, if not the original Pinocchio? So, let's let's start our, our <laughs> Disney discussion. From the year 1940. Yeah, it's, it's for, an yeah, old one. I forgot that it was... One of the firsts. Yep. So the main thing I know about Pinocchio is it was the first Disney VHS that they kind of experimented with mm. because it was so old, like people hadn't seen it in forever. And probably because, you know, I don't think most people really care about Pinocchio. So they probably figured, okay, well, we'll put this out to see how it does. Like, it's not like one of our, you know, A-listers. So like, if it fails, it's fine. Exactly. But, um, yeah. It, I I guess it go both ways, but yeah, I do understand the the business side of why should Pinocchio be the first VHS. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I watched this movie, and it took me three days. <laughs> yes, you told me about that. Kept falling asleep. Yeah, it's really boring. <laughs> the grind be slow. The last time I'd seen it was yeah when I I probably couldn't even talk really. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i get why i have not come back to this well because there's really not a whole lot here yeah i think I'm, i was in the same boat like it's only been 20 plus years since i've watched pinocchio and it is yeah. it definitely i'm not sure if it's a product of our time probably it's a product of our time versus the 40s but yeah pinocchio it is nothing if not straightforward so i watched it like like midday and i think that's it's like a perfect afternoon movie just kind of have on and just relax and watch without really paying attention to i was surprised like how little plot there was basically it's more <laughs> just like a bunch of vignettes string together pun intended exactly yeah yeah i think the main problem with it is just pinocchio it's just a boring character just because he's a a stupid kid yeah that's the i was thinking of i was trying to like in my head before i watch it like what do i remember what are the things that i think of when i think of pinocchio and do you yep. think of pinocchio of course he's a boy he wants to be real if he lies his nose grows and then i yep. was like that's basically it. and i went into the movie and i counted how many times he lies 
I mean, mind you, it's like three, he lies three times, yeah, but they're in the same lot, yeah. two minutes. Exactly. But that's like the most famous thing from this movie. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it's not one of those things where you just kind of misremember or just, it got way overblown in pop culture. Yeah, I was surprised that, well, I guess I wasn't surprised, but I was annoyed by how long it takes for the movie to really start. I think like the first 20 minutes are just in Geppetto's house with him messing around with those puppets and then... Oh, oh 100%. I think Pinocchio comes alive at the half hour mark. Yeah, like it's a really slow start. And then there's like literally only one one scene of Pinocchio and Geppetto actually together because then after that he goes off to school and then he gets lost because he's a dumb kid. He'll listen to anything. Yep. And, and then the next time they meet is when they're in Monstro. You know, I would just assume there'd be more scenes of them together. Father, I love The whole you. movie is... Yeah, exactly. Like, the father-son sort of thing. Fuck but... y'all. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just kind of wasting time. You're just like, okay, I, I get it. Oh, he's part of a stage show now. Uh, okay, he's going to the, the yeah. theme park. I had, like, very few notes on it. One, I like to point out that uh, Jimmy... Jimmy... Oh, one, I should guess the, the very first thing is I totally forgot that this is where when you wish upon a star comes from. Yep. And I, I let Lily, it, the movie started it, and Jimmy starts singing, and I just got punched in the face with that, or the heart, I would say. And I was like, oh, this is where it's from! Yeah, and he really goes for it, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, it's like five minutes in the beginning for that song. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he takes a sweet time. Also, Jiminy, uh, why are you a squatter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I think our impression of Jiminy is definitely like from 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 Kingdom Hearts a lot and like yep exactly like yeah, you think of him as buttoned up <laughs> exactly and he's just I mind you he's meant to be like a weary traveler um so he, you know he's wearing like a patterned clothes and things that have been repaired a lot but it's like ooh I, I looked in that house and I saw fire and I just decided to break and enter yeah I think Jiminy is probably the best part of the movie yeah I, w- I would say, say so just his character design is cute so it's fun to watch him doing things because he's small um but also he's he's kind of funny you know he definitely has the like the archetype of like the the onlooker which i really like that type of character like the one who kind of has more sense than the other characters and then they're just kind of standing aside like kind of pointing out how absurd the situation is when he's on screen that's usually when it's the most interesting I would say so. It, it, it is a little bit funny to go from Traveler to Conscience, so... Yeah, like, that little character arc is is nice to see, for sure. I also just think this is an unpleasant movie to watch. Because <laughs> there's so much <laughs> just chi- child abuse, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking this... I mean, mind you, this is literally a completely different era. But it is very much a product of its time. When yep. it comes to, because Geppetto keeps that thing on him, he, this, this man keeps a pistol underneath his pillow. <laughs> um, there is, when the, I do really love the clock, uh, any of the scene where, I say the clocks, I mean they're mostly clocks, but when Ge- all of Geppetto's mechanisms go off. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's one of those things where mm-hmm. when you're a kid and you're watching it, you just get hypnotized. <laughs> exactly. There is like a, there is like a, he made a clock of a woman bending a kid over her knee. <laughs> Oh yeah, which was, which makes you think about uh, Geppetto's mental state a little bit, or maybe it was a maybe it was a commission from a very very overly protective mother who, uh, who really knows. 
Let's see, what else about Pinocchio? I was surprised there wasn't a content warning for this. Exactly, I was going to say the same. There's so much tobacco and yeah, I, I think alcohol, too, when Pinocchio's drinking at I the theme think, park. Yeah, or... when, when uh, Lampwick goes to, I almost said Litwick <laughs> in my head, <laughs> uh, but when Lampwick fills up like two essentially steins, I'm, they're yeah. foaming, so I think it's definitely implied to be beer. Yeah, like um, you can assume it's root beer, but I think mm, I think they were definitely going for something yeah. a little more lewd. Yeah, you and you also can't disguise that amount of freaking tobacco because they they smoke cigars. I mean, Geppetto it has like the classic like old pipe, but literally there's several characters that smoke throughout the entire movie. Yeah, and children nonetheless. And exactly. then, of course, you got to get in the stereotypical Indian dispensing dispensing the cigar so it's mm-hmm. it's in a word problematic yeah which is a little interesting because <laughs> a very small side vignette disney just disney yeah disney just made some certain films not available on kids accounts one of them being peter pan for its depiction of native, oh. native americans because the lost huh. boys will put on native american headdresses and they they do their traditional uh, yeah. cry oh that is interesting yeah so yeah, it's just not a lot is going good for this movie. <laughs> I think my favorite part was definitely um, the underwater scenes, just because the animation of all the fish was really impressive. Yes, I did. I'm I'm curious how they did the underwater talking uh, filter. I think yeah, that was I kind kept, of. I kept thinking about that too. And I was yeah. thinking like, how in 1940 do you get this like underwater? warbly yeah, talking like, effect to, to were happen. They, were they talking into a fan? <laughs> but yeah, I do I do like how it sounds when they're underwater. It's mm-hmm. nice and fun and really puts you in the scene. Yeah. So. Also, Jimmy doesn't need air to breathe, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of annoying. Pinocchio, I can like, kind of understand, of, but like, I was like, yeah. Jimmy, do you not, do you need air? And he's just like, nope, I don't care. I'm like, okay. Yeah, other than that, my major gripe is just, yeah, Pinocchio, I feel like he got off way too easily. Like, he was bad for most of this movie, and then he saved Geppetto from Monstro, although it's more of a team effort. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after that, he just becomes a real boy, and it's like, what? No. A real boy. You but still have a lot to learn, my friend. The the, the the good boy requirements in 1940 were very different than they are today. <laughs> Just saying. Like, you'd think that there'd be some sort of, like, character arc for him or something, but, like, his big moment is when he comes up with the idea to make Monstro sneeze. But, like, that kind of came out of nowhere. Like, there was no real buildup to, like, him learning early in the movie like oh like if you unless it was like really subtle and i missed it but like him like learning oh like smoke will make you sneeze and if you yeah, sneeze you'll there wasn't spit really it out there yeah japan just mentions oh we got to cook these fish on a fire before uh, or do it now because we're really hungry and pinocchio is like right fire and then just starts yeah. to burn everything in sight <laughs> as a little wooden yeah. boy ah uh, the, the... Hmm. The only reason I pointed out is because he is point- painted as, you know, this naive boy because he's literally born yesterday. So, like, he doesn't know anything really. So, like, how would he know? Like, how would he make this connection? Yeah, the only thing I can think of is when he lights himself on fire in the workshop 
and Geppetto puts him out by sticking his finger into Cleo's fishbowl. I can yeah. kind of see that, but that's that, that's like still far-reaching. It's fine. <laughs> it's definitely not a Disney movie I would recommend for anyone who wants to go back to the classics, but... It is alright. It was interesting to see where, you know, Monstro came from. So why don't we... Yeah, why don't we talk about how it was implemented in Kingdom Hearts? My big question is, where does this take place in the timeline of the fabled Pinocchio canon? Oh, God. I I mean, they've both been swallowed by Monstro at this point. But it is, it is funny to compare. Like, Geppetto, I feel like in the game, and Pinocchio in the game are like, we've been here for a little while. And then in the movie, right. Geppetto's been in Monstro for days. Like, him and exactly. Figaro are like, I didn't know this is how we would die, Figaro. We're going to starve to death. <laughs> Which is like, jeez, Geppetto, really? Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah. Whereas in the game, they've been here for a little while. The movie, they're there for maybe five minutes. I guess, you know, you can just kind of put it on the same timeline as a movie where uh, Pinocchio goes to the fair and then he shows up in Monstro. But then, like, was the mer- was the world taken over by the Heartless, like, immediately, immediately after they got swallowed by Monstro? And then I... why is Monstro able to just float in space? <laughs> How could this whale just fly through space on, like, without any restraints just because he can? Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely KH1 logic. Yep. (laughs) Like there's, there's not, there's just like, let's put this in the moment and not think about future repercussions. Yep. Just go with it. (laughs) My bigger question is how does Pinocchio escape Monstro and then go back to Monstro when you meet him at Traverse Town? Does he say he escaped from Monstro? Does he have his own little gummy ship? That's also true. Um... When we meet him in Traverse Town, does he mention? I, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong. Jimmy's like, "Where's Where's your father?" And he's like, "I thought he was with you." Or does um, he say like he's? Or does he say actively he's gone to Monstro or trying to find him in the well? Maybe I'm just assuming he was looking for Gummy specifically to save Geppetto, but it actually might make sense if yeah. Pinocchio hadn't been to Monstro at that point, and this is part of him, you know, searching for Geppetto. So yeah. I should should take a closer look at that scene. I will say in the movie, the blue when he returns from Pleasure Isle, the blue fairy has to really drop off a note in the doorstep that says, Your dad's in a whale, kid. Yeah, she she leaves a page of the script for him. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have my name and then colons and then words yeah. next to it? <laughs> And thus, Pinocchio headed out for to find Monstro. <laughs> That's fishy, again, pun intended, but I won't <laughs> dwell on it. So yeah, let's let's dive in and head on over to Monstro. Although, yes. before we get there, I would like to point out we forgot to mention it in the last episode talking about Agrabah. But in Agrabah, after you seal the keyhole, there's this very rare instance where there will be actual NPCs in Agrabah. <laughs> And like the shop stalls, I think there's just two of them. There's but just two of them, correct? There's they're just palette swaps of Traverse Town citizens, so Melvin and then Foxy Lady. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, most people will probably never even run into these NPCs because when you finish the world, your instinct is all right. On to the next one. But exactly. Yeah. If you poke around, you'll find them. Um, so yeah, just interesting to point out. They don't have a lot to say. They're basically just like, oh, what was me? Like, I can't 
do anything with all these hotlets running around. But mm-hmm. yeah, just wanted to shout that out. Although it's kind of a moot point now because, like I said, they, they disappear as soon as you leave the world, basically. So if yep. you miss them, you miss them. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's 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 head off to get swallowed by this here whale. So first question uh, where do you place your monstro? Where do I place my monstro? Because you have two options. Okay. I kind of forgot there were two options. I always go towards Atlantica, which yep. is the, which we'll talk about next week too. But I always go to the, the bottom right. That's my usual transition point. Yeah, same. Because, you know, Atlantica's the lower battle level, so that makes more sense to go to before Halloween Town. But, um, yes. That also just. Just makes sense to have the whale next to the ocean world. So, yeah, that's, that's like always that. like just like made sense in my head. Yeah, and also the like spacing, like in Atlantica, it's much more spaced out. But if you put it next to Halloween Town, it's just scrunched right up next to it. Like oh, okay. I was about to say, as soon as you're like, which route do you take? I'm like, I totally forgot that if you still go to Halloween Town, Monster's yep. like, where are you going? Where you going, boy? <laughs> Wait for me. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, again, Kingdom Hearts detail. I love how you can just permanently change the world map like that, where, you know, it'll look different for some people. Exactly, yeah. So, it definitely makes sense being next to Atlantica, but I do like how you can't just plop it next to Halloween Town. If, <laughs> you know, some men like to just watch the world burn. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, gummy vibe check. What's your What's your gummy ship looking like? Oh, I, I, I went my usual route of taking the Highwind model, but just making it better. Yeah, I guess to describe it super quickly, just make the wing, like, replace all the gummies you can with the better. I forget the I forget the levels. It's just, like, one, two, three of, like, Dispel to Shell, but usually upgrading the, upgrading the pieces. I make the, the nose, I guess. Of the ship taller so I can fit weapons inside of it. Usually put some like uh, ancillary scans and nets on the side. Um, stick a bunch of weapons underneath the ship and then make the wings. Orogas is, I think, like my go to at this point for KH1. Okay, nice. Well, I'm glad you're following up on this because I don't even bother with the gummy ship. I just, I just <laughs> yellow it basically. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing I will change is slapping a haste G on it, but I never remember where you even get that. Like, I'm pretty sure you get it from a chest, but I don't remember. You get it from a chest. I think you could buy it from Sid, because I might have bought one. Okay. Then I will. Yeah. I'll definitely do that before we set off next, because, yeah, definitely. I just want to get these over with as soon as possible. <laughs> I uh, I mentioned it on an episode a while back. And I did try to make some of the blue heart, heartless blueprint ships, yep. and no dice. They're sometimes they're they're still like, oh, you're missing a few pieces, kid. I can't I can't let you into this cool gummy ship. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's that's annoying. You, I suppose if you cared enough, you could be like, oh, I'm missing this piece. Let me go buy it. Or yeah, totally. It. But but you really ain't gotta so. Yeah, like, the first game just does such a poor job of explaining that the gummy ship is something that you can, like, customize. And then, yeah, like, the way 
even like blueprints, like I still don't really understand how to use them, to be honest. <laughs> so I never bother with them. So yeah. like, I feel like if there was more, you know, like tutorials up front, maybe I'd be more interested in the gummy ship. But like, if the game doesn't care, I don't care. So yeah, I I know in the I haven't tried tutor- the gummy ship tutorials since like I first played the game on PS2. But I know the one I played on PS2, the gummy ship does the gummy garage does have some help tutorial options. Like oh yeah, but you know, you, like you have paint now. We'll teach you how to paint really quickly, some stuff like that. Yeah, but it's not great. I the whole like garage system in Cage One is super clunky to me. Just again another reason why I don't like using it. So mm-hmm. yeah, the gummy ship was. I feel like it was just kind of set up to fail. But yeah, all right. So once you uh, mosey on through the Atlantica route, eventually you will be intercepted by Monstro. Yeah. Uh, he he's very patient. He lets you finish your dialogue before swallowing you. So at least he's a courteous whale. Yep. <laughs> he's a whale of a whale. And vicious besides. What does that mean? <laughs> he's, he's vicious besides. And it's an unfinished story <laughs> because the monster then kills a man. Yeah, I, I assumed that would be a line in the movie. And he oh. does say <laughs> he's a whale of a whale. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Jiminy says A whale of a whale named Monstro. Yeah, but he doesn't say and vicious besides, which is such a specific type of phrasing that, yeah, yeah, where where did that come from? (laughs) But eh, whatever. You get swallowed. And then before anything, you get a flashback to baby boys. Yep. I have big (laughs) secret place cutscene. That's my first note. Hey there, everybody. It's a beautiful day to have some fun. The baby Sora Riku way. There's lots of fun in the secret place. Uh, I don't know. It's Baby Looney Tunes is what I'm doing. You know, that show you always watched when you were at home sick from school. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of this here? Flashbacku. I, the flashbacks are always weird to me because they're not voiced and the way they do their dialogue. It it makes yep. the flashback scene always feel ethereal, yep. in my opinion. Like, totally. uh, they're, they're not, because I guess for those who aren't playing or haven't played in a while and are listening, when you go to do the flashback cutscenes, there's no, there's no audio or there's, there's no voice dialogue. There actually is no audio whatsoever. Yeah. You don't hear sound effects not that they're doing anything yeah there'll, there'll be like music effect. tracks and i think for this one in particular there's like ambient like wind maybe mm-hmm. but yeah it's very quiet and sometimes the music does drop out so it's just 10 yeah. seconds of riku's mouth flapping and it's just like okay mm-hmm. yeah um, now i'm kind of curious if they're the same in japanese but they decided to do them in english but oh, that requires, that's an interesting point requires extensive research which maybe yeah. i'll do if i care enough but big eh. yeah i would assume no yeah it's actually not that interesting yeah so it's cool to see them as kids really it's just a way to show that hey riku was nice once kind of yeah <laughs> Their uh, baby plan to escape the island is yep. brought up of like, when we get older, let's get out of here. None of this kid stuff. So I, I do appreciate, you know, juxtaposing that with the Riku, the trash that Riku's become today. <laughs> so I think that goes a long way to actually, you know, making us believe in this whole friendship thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, once you've seen it a few times, there's really not a lot here. 
to discuss. Mm. You do get the little keyhole tease with Riku, which is like, what's that about? But yeah, on that, you get the little nod to, oh, that girl who washed up on the beach. Or I don't think they say that. They just show that. They just say that she showed up and now she's at the mayor's house, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they mentioned that the new girl at the mayor's house. Yeah, they don't say exactly who it is, but it's implied to be a certain person. One of two, one of two girls you've met on Destiny <laughs> Islands. I wonder who it could be. I always imagine the mayor to be the same mayor from Halloween Town. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's gotta be a trip and a half. Or at least, you know, have the same look of, like, squat triangular body with a really big hat <laughs> yeah yeah once that flashback's done you wake up in the real world and yeah we get that pinocchio scene which if you missed him in traverse town the game doesn't care which again most of my playthroughs i do forget to check him on check in on him in traverse town so then you just kind of see him and everyone knows who, who okay, Pinocchio so is i was gonna ask does this scene change if you've seen pinocchio or not Nope, it'll okay. business as usual. <laughs> Considering how many weird, like, uh, I kill alternate cutscenes take place, yeah. if you've done Even in this world. Yeah, uh -huh. I, I made note of that. I found out, that. and I was like, ooh, it's a secret! <laughs> I found it, oh, by my lonesome! Which I was yeah. happy. It's weird they wouldn't take the same care for... For something this? that's much more common, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they could just have the same dialogue that Jimmy has in the Traverson cutscene, really, of like, mm. Pinocchio, what are you doing here? And they're like, who's this? And he's like, why, that's Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do like this cutscene, because it's one of, if not the only cutscene where Donald and Goofy actually talk in this world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I, I like Goofy's whole bit of like, you know, using the shield it's like an umbrella basically and that's really cute and... expect showers heavy showers <laughs> heavy showers <laughs> and then uh, i love donald's line just just classic comedy of oh it's just pinocchio pinocchio <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it, they, they don't they don't happen too often in cage one that i'm thinking about it they get they get i guess they can do a, a lot more screen time in uh in future games future mainline games a little bit like I guess they're kind of given some air to breathe, whereas in KH one, I feel like like you're like you're correct. Like I, you said that, and I was thinking back to Agraba, and mm -hmm. like I don't think they have a single. They maybe have like two lines each, maybe at max. I'm just like how I noticed in Wonderland, Sora didn't really talk much. Now I'm noticing how Don and Goofy talk even less. Yeah, see, <laughs> and it, yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty bad in this world where they're just just standing without doing anything. Mm -hmm. while, like, Sora and Riku are having this, like, intense shounen rivalry. And exactly. Like, okay. Well, whereas, like, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, if you think back to Traverse Town Revisit, Riku would come to other worlds with us. Donald's like, what, the, what are you talking about, kid? I can't bring this other child with me. <laughs> like, some sort of interaction. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I think just... in the Disney worlds where, for some reason, they have, like, their line cap. <laughs> yeah. Or it's freaking, it's not the Sora and Sora show up in here. Mm -hmm. So we get free reigns to explore the mouth, which is definitely, you know, the standout area of this world. I think it's really fun to explore because there's all sorts of platforms to jump onto and try to shimmy about. Yes. Um, even though I know I'm going to get high jump in like 10 minutes, basically, <laughs> I still like to try to see 
how much I can explore with just the regular jump in this area. I, d- I did try that as well <laughs> and realized how limited it is because it's because you're meant the water's meant to be higher and you're meant to have high jump. But I tried yeah. nonetheless to be like, where can I kind of cheese to get to? Yep, you meet Geppetto, and then Pinocchio wastes no time getting on his old routine of making trouble. So you're tasked to go find him. You also get the explanation that Pinocchio wants to use the gummy blocks to basically escape, which I I will give this world credit for actually giving story significance to the gummies. <laughs> Logic. But it is weird when... Pinocchio is just gathering. I mean, he's doing what he can, literally, but it's very funny to be like, Hi, I'm Pinocchio. I'm gathering gummy blocks to make it sh- to repair my ship so me and father can leave. But he, <laughs> you know, there's just random, re- there's random, like, rectangles and squares, though. Yeah, like, how are you actually putting these together? <laughs> exactly. One other thing I really like about this world is it's just the music. It's really good. I mean, obviously the music's good in every world. I'm trying to think of it in my head. Yeah. Maybe playing right now. Ooh, editing. But <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's just really catchy. 100%. Because Mancho is such a quote-unquote vibe that this mm-hmm. one like just really sets you in the mood of like you're exploring this deep, cavernous, mysterious place. So it's very like... It's like a pirate, uh, jaunty pirate tune. I like it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the battle music when that kicks in. Like, it really puts you in the flow state of, all right, gonna, gonna grind some enemies in the bowels of Monstro. Excellent work. So, yeah, I guess we should talk about the, the, the whale in the room, uh, the world <laughs> design of Monstro. So, <laughs> what do you think? Personally, I do like monstrous if, if like if there's like a scale of like i hate it i don't like it i'm neutral i like it i love it i feel like i'm sort of i neutral i i i neutral i neutral i like it like uh yep i think the one thing yeah because the the mouth of the whale and i guess what we see inside monster in the movie are radically different from actual monstrous yep. innards is uh, really funky and really weird, but I do dig it a whole lot. Are weird, bright, spongy, colorful, and kind of alien. Don't know what Mothra's been eating. It's basically an original world. Exactly. I also tried looking up any sort of interviews with Nomura about why Monstro is... Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> exactly. And... Yeah, I couldn't find anything, and I don't know if I'm just not looking hard enough or if he's just very cagey about these sorts of details, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is still a mystery. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like it when I like it, and I don't like it when I don't. <laughs> yep. So I think it's a fun world to go through the first time and then to come back to once you have all your growth abilities and you can explore it fully, which... Actually, I think you can actually get most of it with high jump. So really, you just need this first of it. Although, no, there's a white trinity, so you will have to come back. Uh, yes, but most of it you can get the first time around. Yep. But anything beyond that is definitely when it wears out. It's welcome because it is really easy to get lost, uh, and it can get annoying if you aren't already there to basically explore all the world in one go. Because like, if you're getting lost and like 
you're looking for chests, then it's fine. Because, like, you need to go to all these different rooms anyway. But if you need to go there for one specific thing, but, like, you can't find it, <laughs> that's when it gets really annoying. So, Exactly, yeah. yeah. I love Monstro, but, yeah. If you get lost, and you can get lost pretty easily, then it becomes a huge pain in the ass. Not gonna lie. Yes. It doesn't have a lot of lasting appeal, but I do appreciate that it's... I think it's, like, a, ni a really nice way to break up the regular world routine because one uh there's no new party members in this world so you know you get to spend some quality time with don and goofy um yeah and it's basically an original plot sora and riku like their conflict is the main story going on here mm -hmm. pinocchio's kind of like a subplot to like further that you know riku's falling further and further into the darkness i think pinocchio is literally a vessel for the story Yep. <laughs> I do think it's fun to, you know, go through and bash the Heartless and, like, these really cramped areas. Because, again, it's a very different type of level design where it's definitely the world where the platforming and combat are connected the most definitely. tight. It's kind of fun to it because you, you have to beat your enemies, but you also have to be mindful of your positioning because, you know, if you're not careful... You will fall off if you're just tossing out hits left and right. You have to really think about your approach, which is cool. But also, like, you know, be mindful of, like, if you need a barrel to get on top of a platform, you gotta be careful not to then break that barrel when you're fighting enemies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Monstro makes you, Monstro make you think, which uh, you didn't really, didn't really think about, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that in combination with, like I mentioned earlier, like, the frantic battle music, like... It's just really easy to get into, like, a flow state here where you're just, you know, knocking out Heartless, getting your chests, moving to the next room, taking out more Heartless, and it's just, like, a really nice, satisfying loop to me. Mm. Um, at least for the first time, like I said. I think my main problem with Monstro is just getting to Monstro, and I'd be curious if that's kind of the dark cloud looming over this world for most people, of just the fact that he's not guaranteed to show up when you want to go back to him? I've never had that happen to me. Really? Yeah, he said that I was like, Monstro's not showing up? What? what? So you've never you've never missed him? Every time I've warped to him. Any time I've ever warped to Monstro ever in my life. Like over the... Ever since we played KH1, when it first came out, I have always warped to Monstro. I never had Monstro like not show up or run away or something. I did not know that was a thing! Yeah, he's like a legendary beast in Johto. <laughs> huh, oh that's my crazy. Gosh. So I will say I've noticed in recent playthroughs, it's definitely not been as much of a problem, but I wonder if they sort of adjusted it so that, yeah, he pretty much shows up all the time. So, working our way through the world, um, or actually, no, I think it's like the first cutscene, actually, yeah, of uh, running into Riku, basically. Riku, but Pinocchio, there's no time for games. But yes, literally you walk into the chamber, and it's the first thing you see. It's like, yeah. Pinocchio, come on, let's go. And then Riku's like, Sora, you're not a cool kid anymore, huh? He's going way over the top with this whole keyblade routine. of like, oh, you're too cool. Now that you have the keyblade, like, oh. Seems all you care about these days is running around with that keyblade of yours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we get it, Riku. You really want a keyblade, but I'm sorry. You're too evil. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
yeah, not a lot to say about this cutscene other than, yep, Riku's still being a jerk, but now he's just being, like, an obnoxious jerk. Like, he's putting on this whole act of, like, oh, let's play. It's it's weird and creepy, and, yeah, I don't care for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you can actually finish this world very quickly if you know what you're doing. Like, I mean, that's most Kingdom Hearts worlds, but this one in particular, like, can probably finish in, like, ten minutes if you just beeline it to the different boss fights. Why don't we talk about some new Heartless while we're navigating the different chambers? Hey, so there are two of them. Yeah, base Heartless, anyway. So yeah, there is the Pot Spiders, uh, Southern Hick cousin, the uh, the Barrel Spatters. Yep. <laughs> it's a Pot Spider, but with a barrel. <laughs> exactly. Same concept, different objects. And considering Monster is full of barrels... Uh, I, I do like the barrel. I guess I wouldn't say I like the barrel spider, but I do like in the world where they're like, barrels are important. There are a lot of barrels everywhere. Uh, some barrels will just try and murder you. Yeah, I like the added touch of there's a little hole that you can actually see their eye through. So they're like mm-hmm. little little creepy spiders. Yeah, pretty similar to pot spiders in terms of they're in a world where there are a lot of barrels so they can disguise themselves easily but usually there's like a chain reaction where like three of them will show up at one point definitely and i'm trying to think now yeah because we literally just got pot spiders last world so i uh, would like some space in between the enemy for, for a bit of enemy variety but i'm not complaining too much so i did enjoy their presence i guess yeah like same with wonderland like it would have been nice to have more like original heartless but there's so little to go off of in terms of like monstro's theme that like I, I exactly. find this, like i like the idea of him swallowing a bunch of um barrels like it's kind of like ship shipwreck materials mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it makes sense as we all know the best part about barrel spiders is you one shot them with fire and then they explode yep. you it's very <laughs> so if you want to be cheeky just shoot a single fire at them and they'll they'll blow up it'll usually stun enemies around it um, yes. There's probably a percentage chance, like it's not always, but a good amount of time it will. So Yeah, kind of like Stun Impact, yeah. Yeah, it's, this game really loves stunning its enemies. <laughs> there's like I'll a lot it. of abilities have, just have that as like a side effect. So yeah, there's the Barrel Spider, and then there is the Search Ghosty, which, if you ask me, is one of the best Heartless designs in the game, frankly. Mm-hmm. Is it now? <laughs> Yeah. I wonder why. (laughs) So I do think it's interesting of like, all right, is this a monster heartless or a Halloween town heartless? But yeah, it's a ghost. He's got a little light bulb eye and it's hanging from a chain, which is very macabre, but cool. But like, he looks kind of silly too. And he's got like kind of this like little dapper suit on and... It's just a fun time. He's a good little ghosty boy. I'll, I'll I'll give you that much, yeah. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just conflating it with it's a really <laughs> common heartless. Like I feel like it shows up in a lot of worlds. He shows up here. He shows up in Halloween Town. Probably like in another world that I can't think of right now. It's definitely in Traverse Town. Yeah. And then uh, Atlantica. True, yeah. Okay, so yeah. I hate I hate <laughs> fighting it at least. I don't hate the design. The design is pretty nice. But I definitely, I haven't had any troubles this time around, but I think growing up, definitely, I just have an innate hatred for the search ghost. So I think that uh, yeah. that just persists to this day. I definitely 
understand the frustration of, you know, it's one of those vanishy heartless like the shadow where they just have these moments of invulnerability where you just have to wait and that that's no fun. So especially if you're just down to the last one, that's annoying. But if there are other heartless around, it's not as much of a problem. But yeah. Yeah, it can definitely be a pain, especially in a world like this where usually they'll disappear and then reappear like floating in the abyss so you can't even get to them. <laughs> oh, so yeah, definitely. They're, they're very yep. cheeky. It's called, is that search ghost out of range? Cool, I'm going to cast fire at it. Yep, basically. They have this attack that I, I never know exactly what's happening, but it'll mm. like basically steal your soul. Oh, and I kind of vaguely remember it, but go ahead. Does it go like on. so? It'll hit you, and then it like it'll have this glow around it, or like these little orbs will be like kind of floating around it. And then when you hit it after that, you'll get tech points. And I never know what's going on there. I think it like I think it takes your experience. Mm. <laughs> I should have researched this. Let me look it up right now. Oh well, yeah, I'm looking up right now. Okay, right nice. Now. Stats and abilities. <laughs> Do we have attacks, please? Warp out and absorb enemies' HP, making it a tough opponent. New attack. Okay. Someone steps in their... So maybe they're stealing your HP. It's very unclear. I I wonder if the journal says anything about it. Yeah, there's not, there's not like, hey, they do this thing. Yeah. I will say, uh, before X story beat, uh, two tech points can be earned for defeating the ghost while it is an oversoul form. Doesn't make any reference to oversoul form in anywhere but the notes. Yeah, what, what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. I also really like the the sound design of the ghosts. It's very ghosty. It's very spooky. It's like a nice cue, too, of like when they appear or disappear and reappear. The <laughs> like It's a nice way to be like, okay, now's my time to go in. And then mm-hmm. just the, like hitting them is really satisfying because their like sound effects are really cartoony and weird. Like they're just one of those enemies, <laughs> kind of like a Wobbuffet maybe, where like they were just designed yeah. to be punched. <laughs> kind of yeah, because <laughs> like you feel like you're not really hurting them because they're just ghosts. So like it's just silly to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Other than that, you get a bunch of mages in Monstro, so and like flying soldiers. So a lot of aerial enemies specifically meant to get you to fall down <laughs> yeah which i uh i mean it's an, it's annoying but i can't knock the team for doing this it's it, it's the purpose of why we have all these flying enemies in this world where platforming actively matters so on the note of enemies there's this line of dialogue from geppetto before you set off where he says something like beware the green monsters they'll pull you deeper into monstro if you're not careful Nani? what hmm. is he talking about the only you... green thing is the green requiem right yeah see he specifically says green monsters floating around and i've never known what he's talking about it doesn't reference anything in original pinocchio uh the large bodies color change they were never green the search ghosts color change and og color again not green I always, the way I kind of explain it was, like, if he's, like, specifically talking about the different doorways between the chambers, because those are kind of green, and maybe he's, like, anthropomorphizing them as monsters for some reason, because, I mean, yeah, technically they, they'll take you deeper into Monstro, <laughs> but like, I that's, feel that's like the only thing that makes sense to me. <laughs> I feel like each 
separate instance or each chamber has like a color code to it so when i go to chamber two it's always a green entrance if i go to chamber five it's always like a white entrance oh. so i think that is actively a thing yeah I, I i so for green monster i had to double check parasite cages original coloring because i thought i knew it but i was kind of weary so i checked it also it's like a purple not a, yeah yeah it's not a green monster very very confusing probably oh. another issue of some mistranslation but like even, yeah even ignoring the color like what enemies will take you deeper into monstro there's something that like tries to grab and drag you at any point yeah yeah there's... like you assume he's talking about the boss because that's like the only real unique heartless but yeah and also he literally drag i guess it drag you deeper into monstro but parasite no. gauge will trap you Definitely. Yeah, like if you said, oh, it'll trap you, like, yeah, that would mm. make sense, because then, oh, look at that, your stupid kid did exactly the thing you warned against, so. Exactly. You know, maybe you should be a better parent. Yeah, yeah. Making your way through Monstro, you will eventually run into, well, you won't run into him, but you'll get another cutscene of Riku and Maleficent, where Maleficent is basically catching on to Riku's game. Mm-hmm. And I do like how playful Maleficent is towards riku where he's like oh i'm just messing with him as all and then she's like oh really yeah of course you were like she's she's kind of catty she's kind of a fun mom yeah yeah it makes me wonder especially with the cutscene toward the end of the game or this world like what is maleficent's relationship with riku exactly because i i have to wonder like is she just using him or does she feel some sort of affection for him because she does like, she doesn't really betray him. She does give him what he wants. I would imagine it's a just a manipulation thing to keep him on her side. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're right. She doesn't betray Riku at any point. Maybe she doesn't get the chance to betray Riku. Mm-hmm. Mustache twirl. It's kind of giving me some Slade Terra vibes from Teen Titans. Where, mm. like, she's not, like, actively antagonizing him, but she's still obviously a really bad influence so he should probably get out of there (laughs) but yeah like i i like how you know she's not immediately trying to backstab him there she is kind of teasing him being like are you what are you doing here he's like oh i'm just playing with sora i'm just messing around with him and she's like "Mm, Mm -hmm. but are you though yeah i love how she just pops in to all the different worlds to be like hey hey you got a job to do. Are you are you still on task? <laughs> do I do I have to be looming over you every minute? Is Maleficent a micromanager? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> so after that cutscene, you get the first Parasite Cage boss, aka Get Me Out of Here, the musical. <laughs> get me out of here! Get me out of here! Get me out of here! It's scary in here. Well, first of all, the design. What do we think of it? Uh, it is a parasite and it is a cage. I yeah. would design-wise, I mean, it's a heartless. It's kind of alien-looking. It's not great. It's not boring. It's a parasite cage. Yeah, it definitely. You can tell what they're going for. I like how it has the two heads, where basically the cage is like the mouth of the second head. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I like the like weird spine on spec, which is functional and fashionable because it kind of hints at. You can't hit it from the back. You'll just bounce off it. Yeah, I immediately went for the back, and then I forgot that the back is the most guarded part of the monster. Yeah. So I was, I, I was keeping like, oh, the the big mouth I can't attack, but the back of the head I can smash in. And then I nope. went to the back of the head, and I'm like, nope, not there. I think the one part that is just kind of off to me is the arms. 
the like eel arms. It looks very sock puppety. <laughs> True, or like, or like you know, inc- uh, incredible, uh, incredible yeah. waving inflatable <laughs> arm man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it even has like that exact animation too. If you like, yeah, the arm just right wiggles at some point. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, in terms of the actual fights, well, this one's a little different because you do get Riku as a temporary party member, although he doesn't have HP or anything that yeah. you can track anyway. Yeah, there's nothing to compare him to, unfortunately. But yeah, he's he's there. Does he do anything helpful or insightful? I don't think so. But tell me if uh, I'm wrong. Not not really. Yeah, he'll he'll heal himself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm usually so. I guess this. I guess to, for my version of this fight. I usually cast fire a few times to weaken it, and then I just jump at it and swing and pick a god and pray. Just and I will yeah. say that I don't see Riku jumping up, hitting it in the face, so what is Riku even doing right now? Yeah, like, it's cool that he can join your party and, like, fight, but, like, he does so little. You know, I, I just rush and beat him on my own, and I don't really pay much attention to Riku, because, like, okay, that's cute and all, but let, let me take care of this. Keyblade Master, please. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't leave much of an impact, but uh, A for F. But, yeah, my strategy in this fight was I just used Genie, and he actually, he put in a lot of work. He took out, like, half of the Parasite Cage's health, which was surprising, because... He's just on magic attacks, and usually that doesn't really work well against bosses, but Ooh, no, oh. he, he was actually really helpful here, so. Okay. Is the only part, he can, is he just target the head with a bunch of spells, basically? Yeah, it was, it was just the one. Okay, so yeah, he, he'll, then he'll just blast the head, which, which makes sense, uh, and he casts most ma- regular magic, so it's fine. Just to pray he doesn't cast gravity, because gravity works on no boss. Thanks, gravity. <laughs> Yeah, he got he got in a stop toward the end, which is a little helpful for me to get in a few extra hits. But nice, yeah. nice, nice. So this this fight's pretty easy, you know. Just stay back, heal yourself if you need, but not a whole lot to it. So yeah, parasite cage arms do hurt, so yeah. you have to be careful of that. But this is a well, I shouldn't say a baby fight, but it's a baby fight a little bit. Well, I feel like we had the same conversation about opposite armor, of like it's the hey, dodge the attacks, you'll be fine. But if you get hit, you get hit very hard, so be careful. Yeah, and this first fight, the arena, is very spread out, so... And it's 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 an immobile boss, like, it can't move, so you're not in danger unless you choose to be, basically. <laughs> exactly, you can actually run away from it. Yeah, so, yeah. You beat him. Does not like the taste of wooden, sea-logged puppet, so he spits Pinocchio back out. Uh, mm-hmm. And then that causes a chain reaction where... The water will rise in Monstro's throat, or it'll lower, which then you can access some new areas. Yes. Uh, but Riku's not having any of it. He's decided he's going full mustache twirling, and he's going to kidnap Pinocchio, and thus the greatest line in Kingdom Hearts 1 is uttered, or Kingdom Hearts in general, really. Uh, forget your got it memorized. Forget thinking of you wherever you are. Forget dance water. Dance even. We get the beautiful, the luscious, the I have some unfinished business. <laughs> oh, I can't even say it. I have some unfinished. I have, I have some, some unfinished business with this puppet. This puppet. <laughs> and then what yeah. does he say before that? Like, forget it, old man, or like, sorry, old man. Yeah, he's like, well, Pinocchio, what are you doing with my boy? He's like, sorry, old man. 
just want to finish business with this puppet. <laughs> oh man, it's good stuff. Yeah, I did write. I did write down. Riku is now a real bad boy. Yeah. My notes. <laughs> well, like he's like dropping the the playful rival act, and he's just going full. Like he said, he's full mustache growing at this point. Yeah, for sure. So we do get an interesting bit of Disney plot tying in with the larger plot, where Riku has this theory that Pinocchio, the heartless puppet husk, can somehow help him reclaim the heart of Kairi who's in a similar boat right now. Exactly. It's just funny, you, just, you said heartless puppet husk, and I was like, Pinocchio's a heartless? In my head. <laughs> As in, he, he does not have a heart. He lacks a heart, correct. <laughs> so Sora is, Sora's got his, uh, his good boy alarm up, and he realizes that Riku is into some bad stuff, so he's pretty determined to go after him at this point. Uh, which you can do after you get high jump. Geppetto tells you he was saving this chest for later, but now's as good time as any. So, yeah, you get high jump, which I know in the first time I played, I definitely was not expecting to get, like, a leveled up ability like this of, like, a movement ability. So, that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it is kind of funny that it comes from a chest. Yeah. I, think, I think the other ones are kind of, like, fight rewards. I know KH1 doesn't really have rewards except equipment drops, like beat up this, like beat up like a uh, Sabor, you get the White Fang and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they happen more in the later games, but the fact that, yeah, uh, there's just a level of ability hiding in a freaking chest on a ship inside a monster. <laughs> yeah, like monsters optional, so like you don't actually need this ability to finish the game, which is kind True, of funny. yeah, yeah. And I also love the idea of, like, okay, was Geppetto planning on using this on himself? Oh, just open the fr- freaking chest and it's full of, like, Mario mo- Super Mushrooms. Yeah, like, just <laughs> It's like, I'll be him. able to jump so high with these. <laughs> just imagine Geppetto, like, parkouring all over the Monstro Mouth. <laughs> I'm thinking of just, like, how you have to jump around, like, as Sora to, like, platform a little bit. But just with the Geppetto skin over you. Yeah. Geppetto doing giant ass front flips. Yeah, like Smash cuts to like a really obvious stunt double in a Geppetto yeah. wig. <laughs> and then you blink, uh, and then it's like Geppetto but super buff. Yep. Wearing the exact same clothes in a way. Alright, that that's some fan art we need. <laughs> so yeah, this really opens up. All of the world, really, like we mentioned. You can pretty much get all the chests after this. Once I got high jump, I went back in and I was like, okay, I know where I need to go here and here and here. and Yep. So for your efforts, you will uh, find another torn page. And you'll also get the Water Gleam Summon Gem. So yes. stick, stick that in your pocket to redeem later for a value equal or higher. Yeah, while I was exploring, one touch I really like in this world, and I think it might just happen once but um there's a chest that's just on top of a barrel <laughs> yes yes it is which is just like so fun because you can like choose where the chest will fall which is kind of crazy like i don't think you can really do that in any other game or any world in kh1 because you can move the chat the move the barrel true just, just, just a fun little distraction to kind of waste some time on <laughs> uh i do like to mention when you be parasite cage you do get the reward for goofy Oh, yes. Uh, you get the cheer ability, which is 
we we kind of beeped and complained about summons being babies earlier in the show. So now we're finally getting to the point where our magic is probably good. And then also things like cheer exist. So like it's it's a little it's a little one AP ability that Donald gets and Goofy gets. uh, Yeah, it it makes summoning better, which is uh, I do like that now that I think about how summoning is based off your MP because you can go for a sword build and have crap MP for the mm-hmm. game so i feel like it'll bring it'll bring the less magically inclined into better magic space when it comes to summons uh but unless you are a magical god like kevin uh you don't really need to worry yeah. about that but it's i think it's still very useful for like a little one ap little yeah. skill oh speaking of magic when i leveled up during launch show i got an hp boost and uh, I got that perfect moment where your HP bar and your MP bar are lined up perfectly. And it's like when the DVD menu logo. It's like when the logo fits. hits the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, so good. So yeah, why don't we why don't we wrap her up and bring us home and go and fight Parasite Cage too. So All right. luckily, it's a really quick trip there. You just jump on up to the throats and then. Just keep, keep swimming. Oh, I guess you jumped. Just keep jumping. Yeah. So, yep, we show up in the battle arena for round two of Parasite Cage. This is when Riku, or when Sora has his really inspirational speech. Uh, heart or no heart, at least he still has a conscience. Conscience? Oh! <laughs> so, yeah, Sora is full on anti-Riku at this point. He knows he's finally the protag! He's had a moment of growth where he's realized my friend is... he's up to no good, and I gotta stand up to him. But Riku doesn't really do anything. He just pieces out, basically. (laughs) Yeah, and then Pinocchio's dead. And by dead, I mean he thinks he's dead. That that always stands out to me for for some reason. Jiminy's just like, Pinocchio, he's like, Jiminy. Pinocchio's been to war. He's like, Jiminy, I'm not gonna make it. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, he's like, oh, and his his nose extends, and he's like, oh, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> and then the, the cue the studio audience laugh. So yeah, I mean they do they do kind of square square up, and then Parasite Kid says, I'm not done yet, and then Riku just takes that chance to run away. Yep. So do you have any real strategy for this Buster, or do you just brute force it like I do? Do not get hit with the poison breath because you'll have an extremely bad time. That's my one strategy for this fight. Uh, I obviously... I think I, think I got like, hit by it every time. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was playing pretty fast and loose. He has a tendency to do it when you're going for a front combo, I feel like it. Or, you know, it's just piss poor timing on our end. It also just has a really big hitbox. Like, even if... You think mm-hmm. you've escaped? It's pretty much like 180 degrees right in front of him. Like, yeah, so you like you. have to get behind the parasite cage. So, yeah, I mean, it is obvious. Like he'll st- he sticks his hands in the poison and he goes he goes does a little does a little gurgle 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 and you're like hey I should get out of the range of this thing. But yeah, yeah. Usually he'll do that when you're like mid jump or something or just exactly. So it's like, do I forsake this combo and run around and just dodge? Or do I take the bullet? And sometimes you just gotta take the bullet. But uh, yep. poison breath is a pain in the booty. And also the the floor is lava. And by lava I mean green lava. And by green lava I mean acid, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this fight's way harder because the arena's so much more cramped. So you really can't escape. Like even if you're just camping out on the platforms, it'll have that big 
the like Donkey Kong 64 running attack from Donkey Kong where he launches his legs out. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just take that big old booty and fling it at you. That will hurt. That's pretty diff- It's pretty damn big, yeah. Yeah, I just go aggro. Again, toss on a lot of arrows and then go to town. Um, aye, aye. Yeah, I think I used Genie again, which was took out a decent amount of health, but... Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a toughie, for sure. The arena is the walkway leading up to him, and then a bunch of small platforms on the side. So you literally have to att- jump down to attack him anyway, so... It's not super intuitive. It's it's The entire arena is against you in this yep. fight, 100%. You want to be out of his face, but... You have you have to be in his face to attack him because his spine will protect his 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 butt and the back of his head. Yeah, and there's really no good time to attack him because his little arm swing just comes out so fast. So like, unless you're just nope. doing like partial combos, but even then, I feel like you're probably gonna get hit. So exactly, and I guess the nice thing is you can stun him, and he will drop magic balls, and he will be stunned for a little while. But yeah, I never know I, what I, triggers that, though. I always thought it was attacking the mouth, but couldn't honestly tell you. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was attacking the mouth or doing a certain amount of damage, like, at certain thresholds or certain points. would just be like, ah! But even then, it's kind of janky because if you still, if you, because your first jump attack is an upswing. If you connect with the back of the head, you'll still get deflected. So you really do have to be off to the side. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, because I had so many times where I'm like, okay, someone knocked him over, he's kind of, like, stunned for a little while, and I'll attack from the back, or not even, like, the back, like, maybe, like, not the side, but between the back and the side, and I'll still get, like, the deflection, I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, right? Yeah, but eventually you'll beat him, and I guess this sets off a trade reaction where Macho has irritable bowel syndrome, and... Everything's going to poop, literally. <laughs> yeah, even though we fight him in the throat yeah, this time. <laughs> so somehow this causes Monster to sneeze, which will let everyone escape. Yay, we did it. Where are Geppetto and Pinocchio? Is like the first, I think like the first thing out of the mouth that's kind of funny. Don and Goofy are Ugh. concerned about them, but then Sora is just like, Riku. And yeah, like they've, not once in this whole world do they ever acknowledge like hey we know this is really tough for you seeing as how your friend's becoming a super villain and all but um like they don't acknowledge it at all yeah that requires requires them having plot significance at this point maybe they're just hoping the issue will go away if they ignore it (laughs) so yeah Yeah. that's it for monstro but there's it's a bit of an epilogue to this world where um you're prompted to go to Traverse Town because at this point you should have every magic spell. Unless you skipped uh, Lupus Coliseum Correct. for some reason. You're missing Thunder, I think. But other than that, I think, oh, gravity is a reward for the fill cup, I yeah. believe. Do your Lupus Coliseum shenanigans, folks. But yeah, if you've been playing the game pretty naturally at this point, Sora will be like, oh, my magic's pretty good, huh? And Donald's like, you're an, you're an idiot. So yeah, you're kind of nudged to go back to Traverse Town mm-hmm. anyway. But before you go to Merlin's, you should head to the first district. Because you will see there's some new real estate in town. Uh, Geppetto's house, which is pretty pretty close to how it looked in the movie. So that's a nice detail. Yeah, now that I think, now we've seen the movie, yeah. You walk in, there's like a double-layered shelf in the window. Yeah, it's a very it's very cozy. I like it. Definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically, 
the whole idea here is Geppetto is the gummy man, which is kind of funny that he's set up right across from Sid. I wonder how Sid feels about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I guess, uh, it, it, I mean, Geppetto is a carpenter or wood carver, I guess. So kind of makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, I think but, that's uh, a clever uh, yeah. way of mm-hmm. working him into the story. Because, yeah, he he likes Ex- to fiddle exactly, with things. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's not like a... He's not a shop like Sid. He want, I think it's based on your space kill count. I'll call it that much. Yeah. Is uh he'll give you different uh they're not even enemy blueprints, they're just like random blueprints. Mm-hmm. And they're all named after the Final Fantasy characters, which is confusing. <laughs> As God intended. <laughs> even though Geppetto knows nothing about Final Fantasy, yeah. this is how it was meant to be. Yeah. Hey Sora. <laughs> Here's your Sid ship. And the cloud and you mm-hmm. be special. <laughs> I especially like I don't know. I'm trying to think of obscure Final Fantasy characters, but that's not my arena. <laughs> Hi. But um Oh, oh, uh I know you're probably about to mention this, so I just I forgot about that I remembered it. Uh there is a keyblade hiding in Geppetto's workshop. Yep, just hanging out in a chest, so a new keyblade gets the old wishing star, which Yep. Oh boy, this Keyblade. <laughs> so I've never really used it, so at this point in the playthrough, I swapped off three wishes, and I am currently using Wishing Star. Yeah, so I I equipped it to do some Traverse Town grinding, I think, and then just a little bit, and then I used it in the, the Pegasus Cup, because you also unlocked that. Congratulations. Um, yes. Just, to, talk about that, just to give yeah. it some screen time, because I know... I'm going to stick with the next Keyblade for a while, so I figured, all right, I'll I'll use it for a little bit. But um, yeah, this Keyblade's just not great. <laughs> I I do it's really like ugly. Ah, it. uh, it's yeah, it's pretty one note. I can say that much. Yeah, well, the design blends into itself. The design doesn't really stand out. Like look at look at Kingdom Key. The handle's yellow. The key itself is gray silver. Um, yep. Three wishes is like elegant and big and shiny wishing star it literally looks like geppetto put together a keyblade himself like it's made of <laughs> it's made of wood so it's brown and dark brown and light brown it's brown on brown on brown yeah, yeah it's a very boring color scheme a hundred percent yeah yeah i imagine geppetto's like do you love it <laughs> and he's got like all these splinters in his hands yeah so like yeah it's it's great exactly donald put this in the trunk of the gummy ship mm-hmm. so uh the one thing i i uh i guess i it's probably not the first time I've done it, but I made sure to do it this time around, is Wishing Star says that it has a short reach, but every combo ender will be a critical. And so I compared yes. this to Kingdom Key and Three Wishes, which are both regular-sized Keyblades. It's smaller by, like, half a head. Like, it's a little bit shorter. Yeah, I never found length to really be an issue, unless it's, like, the only difference is, like, the longer Keyblades can even get more hits in but um can get more hits in but the shorter ones like i never really noticed like this is a problem the only short one that i notice is the infamous fairy heart which we'll get to once we get to but that one always (laughs) it's like literally holding a dagger in my hand compared to a sword in my opinion but that may change based on when we get there but i infamously do not like the fairy heart but oh, okay. Well, uh, we'll see. So yeah, Wishing Star has 
the guaranteed crit, which is cool because now the Keyblade has that. Yep. But it just doesn't scale with just the base hit of li- later Keyblades. Like their strength stats so much higher that like you'd exactly. still be doing more damage yeah, like, regardless. I think, uh, I think it's a five, so it's one. Yeah, it's five because three wishes is a six. It's one below three wishes yep. right now. So I'm trying out right now, but definitely once we get into the later stages of Keyblades, it will be that's not that's not gonna be super helpful, unfortunately. Yeah. So I figured I'd give it, give it some time in the sun right now. Exactly, that's what I did. So I looked up critical hit effects in KH1 just to see if, you know, there are any other sort of tangential benefits to having a guaranteed crit. Mm-hmm. And from what I could see is, and I, I never knew this, so this is actually cool, but if you finish a black fungus with a critical hit, it's guaranteed to drop a mystery goo, and there's a 10% chance of dropping a mystery mold. Mm. Which I didn't even know that item existed. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely do remember that. It's not something that's at the forefront of my mind, but I do remember that. Yeah, being a thing. Yeah, and then the other thing is, if you use, if you defeat a sheltering zone heartless, which is the big jellyfish in Atlantica, if you defeat that with a critical hit, it won't split off into the sea neons. It'll just die. Which I guess is kind of handy, because Atlantica is the next world you'll mm-hmm. be going to. But you could do the same thing by just taking it out with magic, so eh, it's still not very useful. So <laughs> this is it's probably the worst Keyblade in the game, to uh, be frank. <laughs> hmm. Well, what, when we get towards the end of KH1, we'll, you know, we're going to go back, have some thoughts, and talk about some Keyblades, so... I think I'll reserve yeah. judgment for once we've gotten every single Keyblade, or gotten at least majority. I can say that much. But, okay. but uh, I don't think it's as bad right now, but I could also be vouching in its favor, so I may be uh, pretty impartial right now. So I'm not going to say too much, but I'm currently using it right Alrighty. now, and I am enjoying it to a degree. So uh, I, can, I, can, I can say that much, that much yeah. at least. <laughs> The one thing I do really like is the hit effects of, like, the the cogs and the gears. Mm-hmm. Those look really cool to me. Because, um, like, most of the hit effects are, like, pretty subtle. Like, you don't notice them as much. But this one, like, really stands out. I uh, like, also agree, yeah. It's the puppet Keyblade. Mm-hmm. It's the first time where <laughs> so, you notice uh, the, the the smash effects yeah. on, on Keyblades. That's, yeah, very, exactly. that's very nice. Yeah, I'll give it that. So, before we leave Geppetto, which... Kudos to Leon for working fast. <laughs> I don't know how he got an entire house built in like, you know, two seconds, basically. <laughs> I feel like uh, but the, the man is committed. I feel like the house has been there, but just boarded up until now, right? No, that whole lot was empty. It was just a bunch of crates. <laughs> hmm. It's just like a lot, basically, and there's a bunch of crates spread around. Okay, the, but the the lot and the crates are still there, right? Am I, am I crazy? No, it like fills it in. Okay, I'll, I have to I have to go back now. I swear that, uh, ah, God, I swear that you can see the house, but it has like a like a boarded X over it, and there's no lights on or anything. And then just just Geppetto. Are you thinking of the abandoned house in the third district? No, maybe. Mm. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> Uh, Maybe you're thinking of the actual movie? 
Uh, maybe. I, so it definitely I, happens there. I, I definitely got this confused a lot, yeah. I I feel like, so there is a house, if you, like, if you walk up to the accessory shop entrance and turn right, there is a house right there, and I just swear that was the house that Geppetto moves into, but no. Thinking about it, he does actively oh, gotcha. move. That's that's the neighbor. He does move into the vacant lot, correct, yes. We'll chalk it up to Merlin magic. Exactly. Maybe yeah. he just had a whole house in his bag, mm. so... But before we go visit Merlin, I wanted to point out, I just noticed this this playthrough, but Sora and Pinocchio's outfits are strangely similar. I've seen this point out in memes before, so... Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you got the big puffy shoes. Mm-hmm. You got some red poofy short shorts. Yep. You got... Ba- like a basically a white little undershirt and then a black vest and then i think they both have like the like white trimming on the bottom even i think so yeah you got the gloves the white gloves naturally and then you even have the like blue accent of pinocchio's little bow and then the lining of sora's hood so like yeah i just noticed it this first time and then i like stood next to pinocchio sora it's just kind of like staging the shot of them side by side, and I was like, okay, this is this is very strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, cool little cool little detail if you take a closer look. But yeah, let's let's head on over to Merlin to measure our wands, basically. <laughs> so yeah, this this will activate once you get the base form of every spell. Um, so it doesn't have anything to do with like your magic actually getting better. It's just once you collect all the spells. And you get the reward of a nice shiny new Keyblade, which I'm so excited for, because it's probably my favorite Keyblade in Kingdom Hearts 1. Mm. It's the lovely, the wonderful, the magical, the Spellbinder, baby. Yep. I do like its design, and it has, especially if, if you play your cards right and you get your magic, all your magic this early on, is pretty good for the sake of having not good physical attack your magic goes up by two which can be yeah it's vital sometimes it's a it's a game changer for sure mm-hmm. yeah i love the design i love how it like splits in the middle very similar to Oathkeeper, which is like really cool i like the like the teeth are like kind of like um i don't even know how to explain it but like an observatory sort of thing like a planetarium like model basically exactly it's very neat yeah, I, th- I just think it's clever. I love how it's, like, a totally optional Keyblade, basically. Like, it doesn't really have any tie to the story. It's just kind of this one-off little Keyblade that you can just go out and find. To me, it's, like, it plays into basically, like, um, you know, creating your own build. So, like, obviously I'm going for a magic build. So, like, it's just a way to, like, kind of stand out from other people who are going to be playing more offensively with you know straight strength so it's just like a nice way to you know express yourself basically exactly yeah (laughs) i really love it um i usually go for the magic keyblades um throughout all the the games Mm -hmm. uh so i i keep this one on for a while and especially because atlantica is next it comes in super handy because magic is so good in atlantica because your regular hits are nerfed to heck (laughs) <laughs> so I so yeah 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 I am currently in Atlantica, and I tried using oh. Wishing Star, I tried using Three Wishes, I tried using Spellbinder, just to because I never really experimented with underwater combat in Atlantica too much. So I you know I tried to figure out 
currently which is the best one for just getting through the level or getting through the world i should say mm -hmm. that's what we have to look forward to a lot of magic under the sea next episode oh yeah we also got the dumbo summon but you can't really do anything with it because you're going to Atlantica and, yeah, just uh, so really. here's the thing. I don't think I've ever used Dumbo in com like in important combat. Does Dumbo even do damage? Yeah, Dumbo totally does damage. Okay, I feel like I've just used it much more in Merlin's Mag Merlin's Magnificent Magical Arena. So, and I for I think Dumbo I think Dumbo does I for some reason I feel like I have it, like ingrained memories of either not doing a lot of damage to the the furniture or doing very little damage to the furniture the problem with dumbo is using the water stream it saps the summon bar so quickly that like yeah you don't really do a lot of damage because he'll be gone before you really make a difference yeah so, exactly yeah, dumbo's not great <laughs> i may try once we get out of atlantic i should experiment with the, the summons a little bit more have a little bit more fun but yeah yeah totally and well i guess uh the quick, I just, it's in my notes, I'll say as a quick story beat, Riku does get smelly darkness after you beat Monstro. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I forgot to mention. Yeah. You get the cutscene of him and Maleficent in uh, Captain Hook's ship. <laughs> yes. Which we, but I, mean, I will say we see, we see Kyrie. Yep. She's there. All right. Mm -hmm. She's not looking too hot. She's though. a person. You can say that. But yeah, Riku can control Heartless now, which apparently is a thing that you can just give away. It's uh, like a trading card. Yeah. Yeah. Here's your hotless card, kid. You got your permit now. So yeah, stay tuned for those shenanigans. Yep. Uh, yeah, Riku is just... He's going down a path I can't follow. Yep. <laughs> Alright, so that, that wraps it up for Monstro. Yeah. Um, yeah, fun world. Definitely not one I like to go back to on repeat visits but i think like i mentioned earlier i think it's a nice way to break up the pace of the usual worlds which are much easier to go back to and it's also like a very solid middle ground marking point because yeah we're basically halfway through the game now because yeah it does kind of mark that shift where now riku is pretty much bad to the bone and then yeah we've got the last few bunch of disney worlds and i think these last three are like the real core disney worlds of the game so, hmm. and then eh. after that is some in-game stuff. We're making progress. Exactly, yeah. Next week is Atlantica, which <laughs> is a very divisive world. Oh, it's, uh, I feel like, I mean, one, yes, it's devices in more ways than we can hope to break apart. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about it because I have very strong opinions about it. Oh boy. But that's a story for next week. Yep. Uh, but in the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, give us a shout out. We have an email. Uh, it's, it just went live. It's been live for a few weeks, but we announced it last week. So it's, it's a baby email. Exactly. Uh, we'd yeah. love to hear from you. That's khbhpodcast at gmail.com. You can find it in the description. Other than that, please rate and review on iTunes. Yeah, give us a shout out somehow. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We're, we're having a grand old time. We really appreciate anyone who's sticking around for these soapbox ramblings. <laughs> this has been episode nine of Kingdom Hearts by Hearts. Let us know if the last time you got a Happy Meal toy and... <laughs> 
how many repeats you got. Because <laughs> I'm curious if the economy has been rebalanced in the last two decades. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week Alrighty. for some good old-fashioned finny fun. Ta-ta for now! Bye-bye!